Hello, you're listening to Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. Nerf. How's that? You've used a microphone before, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not like this. I don't do conventional comedy. I don't. I don't have what's that called? Confidence. Oh, is is you don't do that because of a lack of confidence? Correct. Okay. All right. So if it's not conventional comedy, is it still comedy? I don't know. I'm trying to do unconventional comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of a lack of confidence, I hear. Correct. That's what we all are talking about behind your back. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, conventional comedy is, like, boring. I see you guys going up there, and you guys are like, huh, so I was at this place the other day, and I'm like, here we go, another same premise that everybody's said since. Okay, well, wait, before we get too far into everyone else's premises, are you saying I'm like one of those? <laughs> do you feel you do conventional comedy? Uh, I do feel like I do conventional comedy. Okay, then. But I also enjoy conventional comedy, so it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't bother me that it's like, hey guys, uh, I do observational humor, and here's the observation. You know, it's like you're like, it would almost be like, hey, do you feel like you're doing regular math? I'm like, well, I'm in the place to do math. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I do unconventional math. Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't make it correct or not correct either, though. Like that's <laughs> the whole point of art. That's the introduction, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Aaron Marsh's. Podcasts with today's guest, Callahan Welsh. No one, no one asked you to do that. Los Angeles's <laughs> 420th funniest open micer. Oh, is that on Ian's list? Is that official? Welcome, Aaron Marshall. Thank you for oh, spending thank you. the time today. Thank you today. for uh, having me on my own show. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm surprised how many of these I've missed. <laughs> <laughs> what number am I? On what? Funniest, unfunniest, comedian? <laughs> unfunniest. Well, it's an unconventional list, much like your comedy, so it doesn't go in order. It actually just makes fun of order. Touche, touche. But okay, so part of the irony of what you're doing is, you, for those that don't know, Callahan goes up and he makes fun of open mic behaviors and open mics at open mics. Yes. Um. But you also pay $5 to do it. And that's the most confusing part. Is you're going to give someone $5 and then make fun of them for how they spend their $5. Yes, yes, yes. My narcissism and ego says that that's fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, meanwhile, trying to develop uh, time on stage with conventional comedy. Okay, but here's, here's the next idea of conventional or unconventional. Mm. Let's say something happens... And people want to see your comedy, right? Yes. Uh, you're in a theater. Are you just making fun of other theater acts? Because the whole reason people do the conventional things, and you're like, yes, well, they all start with the same premises. And they do. They do start with the same premises. Because they're hoping to build an act that reflects them to have an act. Uh, if yes. you have an anti-act, you never truly have an act. Because okay. your act r requires the rest of the hour to happen with other open mic things so people can see how that is and how you're going the opposite way of it. Yes. If there isn't that other part, does your act stand? Well, uh, so I hit my eight-year mark uh, May 6th this year. Wait, how many years? Eight. All right, good, good. So I'm still... First I thought you said... 
year mark and i was like i've known you longer than a year <laughs> it's yeah, unconventional no, no. counting actually <laughs> one comes after eight no yeah uh still baby in this process and this journey of uh trying to develop uh writing jokes about my private life which is difficult uh mm-hmm. started may 6 2014 tuesday may 6 2014 and kihei maui hawaii at three's bar and grill under chino la forge's power up comedy along with willie simon and many others uh that started from there that are was willie uh, doing it eight years ago uh he's at nine he started he's a year at nine. Be- like just a little willie, bit before me uh, I think he started at 17. Chino LaForge got him okay. trying comedy at, at I like how you talk about it like wrestlers talk about their training. Yeah, well, it, like, it is training. It is training. No, exactly. But when you listen to them, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, I started with the hearts. You know, like, <laughs> like I started with Chino. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, much credibility and shout out to them. I mean, they'll never listen to this and nobody else will. So this is for your own pleasure. But, uh the idea is, you know, I have you hundreds of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like uh, learning in this uh, business and or journey and path of comedy. Credits given where credits due, and uh, I'm I like doing that because uh, Chino mentored me a lot mm-hmm. through it. And uh, amongst, I still don't feel like I've had a mentor. I'm jealous of that. I want a mentor so bad. Okay, it's nice. It's nice when somebody like kind of doesn't. You know, beginning stages. The first year plus, I was straight garbage. I mean, you know, I'm still not the greatest. Wait, wait. So like, in your first year, are you already bitter enough to be doing the anti-comedy you're doing? Or were you trying no. to do regular things and then you went astray? Basically, I was trying to do one-liners like uh, Mitch Hedberg, Zach Galifianakis, Dave Attell. I feel uh, like you could. Uh, Stephen Wright and... Uh, Yes, it's just, uh, you know, watching Mikey McKernan, he was the first individual that took me on the road to basically open up for him. And when we were driving down to San Diego, he was like, dude, I got to remember 120 jokes, one-liners. I was like, God. And, you know, that's what building, developing an act or a bit or your time on stage is. And if we're all trying to strive for that, we're all trying to, do one hour like netflix requires a one hour special right mm-hmm. and comedy central they required a half an hour special and then of course there's always our specials and what i've learned uh <clears throat> along this process is it's usually a, a a host does 10 minutes a featured act does 20 to 25 and then the headliner does 45 minutes to an hour if they have the time uh, a lot of times, uh, like when I had to move from Maui to North Carolina when I was trying to get custody of my firstborn son, uh, growing up there for a year and a half at Good Nights Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, and having my mentor, uh, Mike Mello, over there, and uh, Tank Smith, and uh, uh, just, uh, uh, what's the name, Seabrooks, uh the, these are mentors that I was yeah. gr- uh, very grateful for that kind of taught like the me special things. Thanks and, the album. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank I you. I invited your special thanks <laughs> to the album. You want to come into my, do my podcast and just 
Give all your special thanks. <laughs> well, it, you know, just now if people are listening a little bit about me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to develop. And so taking that into consideration and giving, you know, shout out at least on a podcast to know where I, I've started and then trying to build up. It's borderline my, that and an Oscar speech you're giving. <laughs> <laughs> credits given where credits due. And uh, trying, you know, uh, so to answer your question, not to digress, is, yeah, I'm trying to build up a... Oh, I would love to be able to slang jokes for one hour on stage. And I'm very, I guess, meticulous about how I approach this where, for example, there's thousands of comedians that say, oh, yeah, I got a, I got half an hour worth of material. And then they go well, up they there is like, yeah, six, no, you know, seven, yeah, you- 10 at the most. Everybody can do two, three, four hours of material, but is it funny? And what do the comedy clubs require is funny unless you're one of those hack uh, social media influencers who can supposedly sell which is out. what they require now <laughs> right yeah the requirements have changed yes uh so in 2000 fun fact 2018 joshua snyder the booker at uh flappers comedy Special club <laughs> he was he came out Past to guest on the on the show <laughs> joshua and I, we started together Josh Snyder? Yeah. Oh, he's great. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people maybe give him a hard time or, like, don't think highly of flappers or whatever. I love the guy. He is fantastically funny. I appreciate him. I appreciate how he explains things to fellow comedians. And I also liked when he came out in 2018 during one of the auditions on a Wednesday and told us that there was a paradigm shift that was happening with the comedy clubs. Comedy clubs were only hoping to – or not only hoping – they were looking more at social media people that have 10,000 followers mm-hmm. or more because, one, it's easier for them to book the comedian and then they advertise on their social media. Yeah. Two, they right. can sell out the clubs so that the clubs can make their money on alcohol. And uh, three, they don't care if they're you're funny or not. He told us that it, they don't care if you're funny. No, but if you can don't. sell out. They never cared if you're funny. They care if you can sell drinks. And that's that's hurtful to the community of comedy. Uh, sure. That's uh, and if I'm hoping to be a new voice for the new age era comedy of open micers, then hopefully well, I yeah, can here's the voice next my opinion. But yeah, no, but that's the, that's part of it. But then the next step is as these people do headline, they have to if they have not much experience. Yes, whoever the opener they can get for that person is. Yes, needs to be able to potentially keep that audience if it all goes sour, because that does happen. They do get the person from TikTok. The person does sell the place out. The person needs to bail after 15 minutes. They haven't dropped the checks yet. If yeah. they don't keep something happening up there, yeah, people are going to like, I guess it's over and leave. Right. And so they do need somebody that has experience <clears throat> to open for those people because they may need to potentially close for those people. Right. So also those people that only have 10 minutes are not of interest in those spots because you can't go to them and be like, hey, I need you to go uh, stretch for, I don't know, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times hosts will be like, hey, keep going until they get there. But your act, though, is your act since it's making fun of conventional comedy. Yeah. doesn't work its way in well to be an opener for a conventional comedian, which is like 95% of them. <laughs> and so it doesn't put you in a situation to take the next step on the ladder. And you're a very funny person who's very beloved. I know, sadly. I don't know why. I keep telling everybody to stop following me because my social media is just for bookers to be like, all right, is he credible? Can he do something? Uh, it, again, not to digress, but I, after 
eight years. It's not years, that crazy if you're talking to me and about my conversation. I'm right, but to answer your question of backpedaling, like am I trying to build up an act? Yeah, one-liners when I first started were was the way I was going, and I'm still trying to do that till till today. And I'm I can comfortably do 20 minutes along with props. So I do a little bit of prop mm-hmm. comedy because yeah, in my eye, it's funny. I to like do your some props. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and so that's where you know I. By the way, for those listening, when he says props, he means he goes up and goes, I like to thank Chino for starting him out. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Raleigh. <laughs> Good nights. Props uh, to them. <laughs> props to all those people that helped me. No, I I I'm real I'm about this life. At least I have my narcissism and my ego feels. Well, speak, we know you're about I, this life. There's uh, nothing insincere about that. And then you make fun of us for having it's the same sincere feelings you have. Yes. Yeah. Be, and the reason is because so many open mics are boring when it's, you know, people are, fellow comedians are trying out new stuff and it's like mm-hmm. this kind of the same stuff over and Which over. You and know, you're not wrong. Like, all uh, of that is fun. 100%. And it's fun to watch you in the middle of all of that. <laughs> That's part of what we love about you. But then we go, but what is the next step? Right. Because you can do that at the improv and Rita even will belly laugh. But Rita doesn't go, oh, I need this guy to follow Damon Wayans and piss him off if he doesn't do well. You know, like... You, and I, I'm confident I can follow any celebrity from Dave Chappelle to Jerry Seinfeld. Well, here's the point, uh, though, is that what you're doing is making fun of the last act, not specifically, but like for right. being conventional. Yeah, yeah. And so it would offend that person to follow. It's not that you'd be unable to in the audience's eyes. Right. It's the club does not want to offend the person that's selling the tickets and that they want to come back. Well, that's why I should be a feature deck. I'm hoping I could earn the opportunity to become a feature act. And so that's why I always say I've developed the uh, my introduction is first and foremost, much respect, of course, fellow veterans. Secondly, much respect mm-hmm. to fellow stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedy yeah. is a very challenging task to write jokes without plagiarism and to be vulnerable and tell your life story the way that you see it as a byproduct of society. That will always be an intro so that I can set the room for people to understand and then my fellow comedians in the back to understand I'm not any better than any comedian. I'm no, not. no. And we don't, and, I don't think uh, that, I don't think that comes off like that. I don't that's see. That's how I, I gain friendship with comedians. They're like, oh, this guy's not so full of himself. He thinks he's funner than everybody. I make fun of that. And in my head, yeah, yeah sometimes I'll think that way. But for the most part, and the reality is, I'm no funnier than you or anybody else. I'm just trying to be effective in my own so ways. You think I'm funny. Podcast over. That's it. That's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You and everybody else who's respectfully trying it are funny. And I like that we can... everybody else? We can develop... Everybody else. Everybody? Everybody else? I'd like to believe that some people can develop, but if nothing more... Oh, yeah. No, I'm a big... Yeah, some people can develop, uh, but they have to have awareness. uh, Right. That takes an awareness. And some don't. And I don't know what it's going to take for them maybe to be that's... open-minded that maybe this is not for them. But if they don't want to give up on their dreams in this lifetime, I'm not. I'm a fucking nobody to tell anybody. Oh they no, can't. no, no! If part of what they and... want to do is that, then do that. Absolutely. Even if they have a full awareness that they aren't going to make it, but that's how they want to. That's the thing they like to do. Yes. Then do the thing you like to do. Right. If you're getting enjoyment right. out of it, I only tell people. <clears throat> the only time I've ever told people to stop is when they tell me about how miserable they are doing it. <laughs> okay. And I go, well, don't make yourself miserable. Right. Right. You got to right. find happiness. Right. right if you're sure. happy up there bombing, keep bombing. If you're happy up there doing good, <laughs> then do good. But 
Awesome. I mean, I have a good time bombing. Okay. Well, I don't. I sweat. I start breaking out and bullets. I'm like, oh man, I, oh, I no, lost credibility. Oh no, it's just another thing to play with. I know, and and it's part of it. The bombing is part of it, and I I'm constantly always trying to find out yeah. how do I dig myself out of it. It's there's some people I've talked to that are aware that they're not good. Okay. And they haven't been good for a long time, and they keep coming back, and they've like talked to me about it. Yeah. And I go, but don't you have fun coming out here, even though you know you're not like the best of the night and stuff, you know? And they're just like, yeah. And you're like, well, then you're getting everything out of it. The, the rest of us are getting out of it. Right. Um, but it does, it is about, now that I've been spending some time in it, it is a bothersome to see them taking up time and space from the rest of us who are actually trying to, I who, actually, who no, get no. it. They're allowed to take up as much space. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm wrong there. And I think I so. I'm going to fight own. you on this. That's fine. I'm, I'm humble. <laughs> I'm <laughs> humble enough to uh, admit when I'm wrong if I don't see it perspectively and respectfully that no, way. Because we also have to realize that some people are building careers. Some are just having hobbies, and that's a f- totally fine reason to be there. Yeah. And some are just visiting. Some people, I call it just visiting comedy for a bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's cool. Come visit. Which you is know? great because, one, to get over the fear of public speaking, which is what I had to do, mm-hmm. stand-up comedy is definitely the way to go. And I would for encourage sure. that everybody in this short life oh, to try stand-up comedy. Yeah, it doesn't cost much. Sometimes it costs <laughs> nothing. Sometimes it costs $5 to, to get up and do the public speaking thing. But yeah, also, yeah. just like if you love it and you're like, I just want to experience the other side of it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Give it a go. I'm all about the people just visiting, the yeah. people that are only going to do it for six months, people that are only going to do it for three <laughs> years, all of it. Come on down. Enjoy us. But Big friends. But, but it's hard sometimes to watch the same individual go up and never get laughs. And it's like, yo, what are you doing? Is there a way I could possibly help you understand the premise setup punchline tag theory? That, oh, that's uh, not your job. I know. They're just I feel visiting. entitled like a Karen to They're be like. just visiting. Well. Do you think the animals at the zoo look at the people visiting the zoo and go, hey, you're going the wrong way? Like, no, they just <laughs> let them walk whatever way they want. <laughs> We're the animals at the zoo. Okay. Okay. I like that analogy. I think that's what's fun about your act is that you act like you're unaware. Your act is unaware, but you're very aware. And we yes. know that all of that is existing within itself, which is very fun for us. But how do you guys still laugh at the stupidity when you guys know what's coming up? Uh, I, I'm what still shocked. What about your act that, or about, yeah, let's say, yeah. my act? <laughs> <laughs> no, for, for me, you guys are, at least with the balloon bit, it's my finishers, the best thing I have written or thought of when my son left his balloons in the back of my truck in 2016. And uh, I was going to Bull and Bear Pub uh, there in North Hills, Raleigh, to go do an open mic. And my son left the balloons. So I thought to myself, damn, if I blew that up and put it in my pants and whipped it out like it was my dick, I wonder how they would react. And I actually recorded the first time that I ever did that, and people lost their shit. I was like, okay, this is it. And I worked into it. Then I started messing with two balloons then three balloons <laughs> then four balloons is the most i've done and it's hard when you got like thinner pants okay but. now okay now i get so. what you're saying now imagine those <laughs> balloons are jokes to a bit and <laughs> <laughs> right and you're like god i remember when i first came up with that joke and it worked and now i added another balloon to it yeah. now i got four balloons and yeah. so now it's a one minute thing and then you know, yeah. like maybe in a couple more balloons, now I'll have it's a whole a, chunk. Yeah, 
It's a it's a two minute bit now. I I respectfully ask any host that puts me on a show, please give me two minutes to mess with it now, mm-hmm. because now I'm like I added the whole. Okay, well nobody's entertained with one balloon. Wouldn't it be funny if I pulled out two? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. And then bam, unexpected. The Oof, just like people. a magician <laughs> lying to us about the direction they're going. In. Yes, element of surprise, and and I like when at first people gasp. And then secondly, I like when you fellow comedians looking at the audience to see their reaction of like, oh, yeah, no, oh, there's an experience for us as well with this. <laughs> and that's where my ego is like tickled. But uh, anyways, no, I'm trying to do real conventional comedy. It's a, and, and that's where it's like Rita. I didn't I, know that I'm, you wanted to do real conventional comedy. Oh, yeah. I want to I mean, stand no, up that's there. That's part of like, the curiosity. I was like, wait, wait, no. Are you happy just yelling at the mirror or do you, <laughs> you want to grow? I don't know. I want to grow, man. I want to be able to slang jokes for one hour on stage. And Who's tell. a conventional comedian you love? Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. And uh, He listens to this. <laughs> I doubt it. But... <laughs> Uh, But him and Dave Chappelle, you know, like when Dave talked about on one of his episodes, he has punchlines in his uh, fishbowl. I I know what you're saying. Those are the two biggest names alive. Respectfully right now. uh, Yeah. You know, uh, like many Is there anybody in the scene? And I'm not trying to fish for me. By all means, I'm not a part of this. Is there anybody in the scene that you're watching develop that you're like, this person? Uh, You know, honestly, I I felt uh, respectfully Fonto, Mike McKernan. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Chino LaForge and uh, Mike Mello could get their names at the comedy store. Yeah, great. Uh, but it's cool to see Fonto's getting now developed over at uh, Hollywood Improv. Yeah. Uh, and then now Willie Simon is just a fireball, and he's killing it. It's cool to see a Maui comedian uh, do that. Uh, and then Can we just, call him the Maui Wowie? Uh, I guess you could. Uh, Hell yeah. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I already trademarked the Howley from Maui, who smokes Maui Wowie, mm. uh, so they can't top that. But uh, no, it's uh, I'm I'm hoping when Chino comes back to L.A. Uh, that Rita will pick him back up because he was picked up finally uh, three weeks before coronavirus shut down the world, and he was due to do a tour through all their Hollywood improvs uh, here in California. I think Ontario, La Brea, and down in. Uh, Orange Rita's County. so sweet. I think she would. I Yeah, I certainly hope. And then I'm hoping the story will be that she picks me up for development as comedy comes in threes. There's three of us from Maui. What a cool story to have three comedians from Maui who started under Chino Forge to become professionally developed stand-up comedians. And it's I'm, the Cobra Kai <laughs> of stand-up comedy. So, uh, I don't know. I'm hoping she's seen me crush enough times, but she's like, Callan, I don't want you to do any more Rita jokes, which is what I was doing, you know, uh, just because I was having fun with it. She wants to see me do conventional comedy. Well, that's exactly it, is that she loves you, your personality, you're crushing, but none of the things you're crushing with are things that she can sandwich between a couple famous comics, and she's trying to figure out a way to do that. But that's the thing is... Uh, my conventional comedy I've been told by people I'm of uh, Breath of fresh air Because they just They kind of get tired Of seeing one act After the other After the other Of just standing up there And talking And then I break The fourth wall I bring out a little notebook Like everybody else Has their notebook That comes up there I, I saw the notebook At a I think uh, Party city One time And I bought a whole bunch Of them A handful And that's where I write my jokes now And yeah. uh it's about the size of a quarter. 
His notebook <laughs> is the size of a quarter. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I Gratitude. Love it. Uh, and so, but no, uh, you know, Rita, uh, I challenged myself to do conventional comedy one time and I did, and I felt I did f- fine enough for her to book me and she hasn't yet. And I'm scratching my head on a little butthurt about that idea because it's like, well, what more can I do other than just keep you, doing I it? I know what you can uh, do it. No, no, that's the thing. What more can I do outside of doing it? Doing it. Doing it. Yeah. Just keep doing it. Uh, but I'm. My ego says that I'm in the right time and place to start being picked up by them to be developed at their late night uh, opportunities because I've seen other individuals that I don't feel are as funny as me to where they had the chance and I haven't. My ego's been telling me that for five years. Okay. So I'm not alone in that mentality, right? Yeah, you're not alone in that mentality, no. <clears throat> I share that 100%. But okay. I also don't go around there knocking on the door because my ego is like, no, I don't want to do the desperate thing of knocking on your door yeah. so repeatedly with the other people. Even though I feel like I'm at a time and place where I should be picked up for de- development, Okay. I don't want to be standing next to the people that shouldn't be doing the same thing. But it's hard not to want to, right? Like I've never, I've want, never yeah, done the desperate to. thing. I've never gone up there and said, "Hey, do you think you can book me?" She, yeah, I've she never, just knows no, who never, I am. But it's also she knows same thing. I just don't want to show up on Tuesday and stand in that line with all the people that are just like, "Hey, let me excuse seventy percent of you." Right. You guys need to go back and work a little more and come and come back. Right. And, I mean, like, I really yeah. wish there was more of an invite system with that. Right. And the reason I, l- I appreciate her and what she's doing is because uh, the comedy store is not doing it. The Laugh Factory is not doing it. I know. The, the comedy sh- store the- famous, <clears throat> is famous for having it. Right. To take in comedians and develop them, right? Yeah. And they, they lost out pre, well, pre-pandemic. They were doing it. And, of course, favoritism from some of the uh, doormen. And if you're listening out there, you know, respectfully, that's what it was. I... I I know what's going on. I'm not ignorant to it because I'm about well, this no, life. But and there's not, it's not a hidden thing. Everyone acts <clears> like they're like, you know, they're and you're like, yeah. So get good with the door guys. I know, but it, I mean, I, I nice shouldn't, guys. I shouldn't, right. And I shouldn't have to buddy, buddy, but like, Hey, my I name is that. Callahan Welsh. I'm, I'm easy to work with. I never run the light. Cause that's on, that's disrespectful to my fellow comedians. And I've always prided myself on never running the light. And, and I show up on time. You can put me anywhere on the lineup. You can give me whatever amount of stage time. And I will have fun with it. I'll kindly appreciate it. Because time is the most important currency we have yeah. as human organisms. And I appreciate what they do uh, for booking me. For sure. But then there's also this <clears throat> next part, which, of course, is obvious. Yes. There's always new door guys showing up. Yeah, you know, door guys change out. Yeah, and the door guys of tomorrow are at the open mics today. Okay, you know, like, and so there's that where you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to have to buddy buddy with. You're gonna accidentally buddy buddy with some of them, right? No, and I, then there's also gonna be just like a real genuine buddy buddy with some of them too, where you're like, you know, like I feel like I'm genuinely friends with Mitch Burrow and I and Jay Light and all that, and like they were door guys, and and so like it's not like I didn't feel like I was doing any. Like yeah, ask networking or, by yeah. being like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Okay, you know, yeah. like it's just that's just hey. it just works its way out naturally, and I think that's happening for you. And by the way, I, if I didn't respect you, you wouldn't be here. I know that I've been a little <laughs> hard on you. You hard on me? Oh, it makes me feel good. 
<laughs> well, no, I got to explain that sentence. No, no. Uh, no, thank you. I mean, uh, I don't think you are uh, the only maybe – Maybe four people that uh, felt that I, I was a hack at the beginning stages. I respect their view of me because I was I was wild. I was doing one-handed cartwheels uh, because, oh, podcast with Aaron. Reminder. Oh. I was, I, I didn't grasp the understanding of premise at a punchline, premise at a punchline, premise at a punchline. And Gino had to remind me over the years, like, people want to know what makes you tick and what's the taboo and what's the dark hidden secrets that you have. What is it that you really, truly, you know, uh, your secret shit? And it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I have to work on that. Like, nowadays, I, I have two younger brothers, one with special needs. The other one, unfortunately, is an alcoholic. So I just consider them both disabled. Mm-hmm. And it's that's a different kind it, of special need, right? Yeah, and so it's like, oh, well, how do I talk about that? And I'm not good at storytelling, so that's one of my flaws. Okay, oh sure, but also, you know, it doesn't have to be about them; it's about you. And so it's really about how so you like, emotionally interact with things, and it okay. doesn't. I mean, so like one of my <clears throat> bits that I constantly go back to in my stand up, yes, is my dvd commentary bit okay and it's not about anyone else in my family but it's about my emotional response to people talking through movies you know like oh yeah that's so irritating (laughs) i mean for those i don't want to i feel like half the people here have seen me do stand-up so they've seen the bit where it's about like i broke up with a girlfriend and I'm like, who's going to talk through the rest of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so it breaks into That's a great. commentary bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. He said it was great, and he also, it was a conventional premise. How yeah, about that? Yeah, conventional yeah, yeah. comedy. Uh, but, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll even do it as in the style of his hero. Who's going to talk through the rest of this movie? <laughs> um, yeah. But I've always I've said this on the podcast. I feel like I pulled it from Mark Marin. It was where they, someone who's doing a parody of conventional comedy is doing a parody of putting in the work. Okay. But I'm watching you get the results because you're doing the parody so much. You're getting the results of putting the work in. Yeah, yeah. And so you have so many results from the work, just not the act. Which, by the way, people make new acts in a year, so it's not like right. anyone's even behind. The hard part you've done. <clears throat> Of the figuring out how to present yourself on stage and deliver. That's what Chino told me. He was, uh, I think, at my five year mark. He was like, "Dude, you finally found a way to to yeah. work it." And I was like, "That's cool to That's hear." That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. So the it, easy part is you're so busy making fun of everybody, you're not doing the easy part, which is the part I, you get to travel around with. Yeah. It's the interchangeable part. Right. <laughs> to which, uh, and that's where um, Benjamin. Garcia and uh, and San Diego, he's the first person that gave me a chance to do a headlining gig of twenty minutes during the Game of Thrones, uh, comedy competition, and uh, he was like, "Hey, you want to be one of those uh, the headliner that comes in while we tally up the results from the yeah, actual people?" Time. Yeah, and I was able to do twenty minutes uh, with yeah. uh, and and got the video to prove it so that I could send it for submissions <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> But I was, it was just. Show a, me the receipts. <laughs> we were talking about this on a podcast. I need, I need the proof. It was, a, it was a minor accolade in my life where I was like, oh, wow. I was it's able not to a minor do. one. That's an accolade. 
Be proud. Gratitude. Gratitude, Aaron. Uh, but it's like, well, who do, who can I show or where can I grow some more from that because I need more stage time and Joe Manente only has so many places that people can do 10, 20 minutes. Uh, what other comedy clubs or minor comedy club open mic venues allow that opportunity or like Chino was telling me, a lot of times comedians will practice five-minute increments yeah. and develop transitions in between and I'm having a hard time with that because I'm doing more breaking the fourth wall and crowd work nowadays. So having to pull myself back and actually put down the writing of like... Remember there was years where I was trying to figure out how to throw my material into the crowd work so they don't realize where it begins or ends. (laughs) And now I feel like it's very hard. Some people think I have absolutely no material. Ouch. No. That's that's a great compliment. Oh, that's good. Oh, okay, all right. Because then they can't tell where the material begins or ends. And oh. You go, oh yeah, no, no. You just don't know what I'm doing. Okay. You don't see the magic trick. Ah, uh, the magic trick. Yeah, like Josh Edelman. That guy's great. Right, man. I think well, uh, that's he- the end of that. There we Callahan Welsh. Callahan used to sign up under the name Shitty Open Micer on the open mics. I didn't specify that during the interview. He went under a surname that was putting him down, and I never liked it because he was playing a character of a shitty open micer, so I get it. But he did great. Crushed. And so you're like, no, 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 no. I don't like that every time anyone brings you up, they put you down before you even get there. But love that he's going by his name now. Callahan Welsh, very happy to have him in Los Angeles. Sorry, Hawaii. We got him. He's ours. And I can't wait to watch him continue to grow and figure it out. Uh, I think I was too aggressive. I don't know what it was. Something about, so when I, the day that we interviewed this, I was leaving work to rush home to make this interview so I could be here in time. And as I was rushing home, I walked past a gas station and Callahan was, was gassing up his truck and was like, why don't you just hop in and let's go? And I was like, oh. You know, I looked to the right to be like, who talks to, to a stranger like that? And then it was like, oh, it's Callahan, and we're going to the same place for sure. And so I jumped in his car. And so it just started off with this weird, aggressive energy in the car, which, by the way, when I say weird, I mean that in the most positive, we laughed the entire way, just taking pot shots at each other. And we continued to do so on the, the things. I had an absolutely great time. I'm worried people might think that I was sitting here just pot shotting the guy, but he was laughing too. And, you know, at the same time, I was like, I think this is just how we play. We're two dogs that haven't played with each other much, but we play rough. And to tell you the truth, we've always said something small to each other, and it's always been a little, I don't know, like it's been very vulnerable, but also very tough. Like I remember I ran into him in front of Third Wheel like two weeks, like this was the idea of putting him on the show. We watched a show together that we both were not on. We didn't sit next to each other. We just saw each other outside after the show. And he was just like, so what would you think of the show? And I was immediately like, I mean, should I answer with my ego or should I answer as a fan? And then he was just like, oh, you can never let go of your ego. You know, and it immediately was about my ego in that. You know, like in that. And then I was just like, oh, no, no, no. I like the way this works. So there we go. Callahan Welsh, follow him on Instagram at Callahan Welsh underscore after his name. Just one little underscore. Like as if his H is just continuing on a little bit further. The little Disney sig. 
Uh, guys, as always, I'm, I mean, I shouldn't say as always, as normal during Star Wars season, there's a Star Wars show on. It's called Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm covering every episode with Andy Leonard's, and it's uh, uh, it's still Is This the Way? So if you're already subscribed to that, you probably already know that I'm doing that. We are tomorrow, episode five drops of six. So we only have like one more, you know, I guess we have like 10 more days or whatever, maybe nine days of of dealing with Star Wars. It's been a ride, this show, this Kenobi show. The trailer got me so excited. And the trailer got you excited for a show that was not the one they released. That's, I think that's been the big trickery I've had to deal with is that I got very excited for a show where Obi-Wan Kenobi would have to protect Luke while Luke does not know that it's going on at all, which is what the trailer looked like. And instead it was, that was the first five minutes and then he left the planet and is on a mission with someone totally different. And you go, oh, wait a second. The show that I've been amping myself up for for months is just the trailer. And I have to let go of the fact that that's it. And I have this show. And this show's fun. But it took me a couple episodes to have to get there to accept the show is good and fun because I was so excited about the other show that I'm not going to get now. I got a trailer. got me excited for a show that's never going to happen. All right. So that's my brief thing on Star Wars. Love plugging that podcast. As always, I'm Aaron M. Marsh on everything. And you guys can go ahead and rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, the Star Wars podcast. I mean, Mark Maron's podcast, whatever you want to do. Just go rate, review, and subscribe to things. It helps people out in the algorithm. So even if it's not my show you're listening to, and it's somebody else's, like, you know, that you're really into, and you want to help their algorithm out, that's how you do it. Give them a little review. Boop, boop. Um, yeah, that's it for me today, guys. So thank you. Um, as always, thank you for listening and thank you for putting up with me. Mm-hmm.